It's the Tuesday trade block. What would your team give up for Milwaukee Brewers pitcher and Cy Young winner, Corbin Burns? Let's talk about it. You are Locked On MLB Prospects, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, welcome on in to Locked on MLB Prospects, your home for all things minor league baseball. I'm your host, Lindsey Crosby, baseball writer and podcaster. Thank you for making this your first listen every single day. And the Milwaukee Brewers have a potential roster crunch to figure out. Uh, They've got some fantastic pitching, Brandon Woodruff, Corbin Burns. And the common assumption is that they're not going to be able to extend both of those guys. And so if they make a trade, we're going to go on a limb and assume it's going to be Corbin Burns. It may be the other way around. I don't know. But uh, Corbin Burns is traded. What can you expect to get from him? So uh, for those of you who, I guess, lived under a rock or just pay attention to prospects and not guys at the big league level, Corbin Burns, 2016 fourth rounder out of St. Mary's College of California, which I did not know was a real school until I looked it up. Uh, He's 27 years old and was the 2021 All-Star and the National League Cy Young Award winner. Followed that up with an All-Star selection in 2022. Best year, obviously, was the Cy Young year. In 21, uh, age 26, he went 11-5 with a 2.43 ERA, which um, led the entire major leagues. Uh, Started 28 games, 167 innings pitched, had 234 strikeouts, which is 12.6 per nine, which I believe also led all of baseball, to 34 walks, so 1.8 walks per nine. And here's the big thing. Only gave up seven home runs. So he averaged 0.4 home runs per nine, or in essence, he had to go somewhere between two and three starts before he gave up a home run. Seven home runs on the entire year. Uh, 2022 took a step back a little bit from that, but still very, very good year. Actually had more games, started 33 games, which led all of baseball. 2.94 ERA, uh, 12-8 record, 202 innings. So he eclipsed 200 innings for the first time in his career. 243 strikeouts, which led baseball, 10.8 strikeouts per nine, to 51 walks, so about 2.3 walks per nine, and gave up 23 home runs, which is just on one home run uh, per nine innings. And you can see here, obviously, differences in 21 and 22, ERA, half a run, strikeout rate went from 12.5 guys per nine to 10.8 guys per nine, and walks ticked up about half a walk per nine innings. So walks aren't that bad. But the big one was the home runs. Went from uh, seven home runs allowed in 21 to 23 in 22. Part of that's going to be just kind of variable and random luck. And his home run rate was this year was higher than normal. He had, in 2020, over 12 games, it had been 0.3. He had 30 games he appeared in all out of the bullpen in 2018, and it was about 0.9. This year was higher than what he had shown as a starter. But I think the big key to Corbin Burns having such a great 2021 and 2022 is completely, not completely, but significantly changing his pitch mix. As he wrapped up in 2019, he had thrown his four-seamer just over half of his pitches. 52.5% was a four-seamer. 
And then the sinker was another 33%. So fastball, like four-seam sinker guy. And the stats on those two pitches weren't great. The four-seamer uh, in 2019, 425 batting average against the four-seamer. 823 slugging. He gave up, for the entire season, he gave up uh, 17 home runs. 13 of them were off of the four-seamer. So half of it, like, the four-seamer was half of his pitches, but almost all of his home runs. And then the sinker was a 250 batting average and a 406 slug, which is still better. Uh, nowhere near as bad as the four-seamer, but I think he could he could do even better than that. So he replaced those two pitches with a cutter and a curveball. So the cutter took the place of the four-seamer, threw it just about the same amount, 52.2% in 21, 55% in 22, and it had a batting average allowed of 213 as compared to the four-seamer's 425, and a slugging allowed of 335 as compared to the four-seamer's 823. The curveball replacing the sinker Curveball was about 18% of the time both years. 18.3, 18.4 between 21 and 22. So a little bit less than the sinker. Sinker was about 33%, but still. Predominantly the second pitch was the curveball. Uh, batting average allowed of 127. Slugging allowed of 263. So even when a prospect gets to the big leagues, they're never really necessarily finished products when they're still in the lower half of their 20s, right? I mean, he debuted in 20, in 2018 as a 23-year-old, 30 games all in the bullpen, started four games of his 32 and 19, and then was predominantly a starter after that. Had 12 games in 2020, nine of those were starts, and then started all of his games in 21 and 22 and became an all-star. But you can see, obviously, making significant changes to what he did as a pitcher going through his time in the big leagues. Uh, this being his his fifth year, but his fourth of team control. He is an ARB one, so he got a $6.5 billion contract for 2022 after winning a Cy Young in 2021. He's got two years of team control left, so 23 and 24. The 23 estimated arbitration figure comes out to about $12.7 million. So you've got 23. You've got 24. He'll be an ARB3 guy, and I can easily see him making 20 plus million dollars. And then 2025, he will be a free agent. I mean, he's cost effective. He's honestly one of the best pitchers in baseball. I mean, let's just be clear. He is one of the best pitchers in baseball. And I think at this point, were he to reach free agency, you're probably looking at closer to 40 million a year than you are 30 million a year. And I think something that may cloud this is the Josh Hader trade. Because Josh Hader was traded in season to the Padres and you saw the reaction from the fans and you saw the response on the field of the team and in the performance. Uh, uh, team goes down in the standings. They plummeted right after that trade. The fans were upset and were angry about it. And so I think it's something where DeGrom and Verlander are in this year's free agent class. DeGrom's 34, Verlander's 39, but they're on the wrong side of 30, and both of them have had injury concerns somewhat recently, including DeGrom hasn't started a full season in at least the last two years. And so if Corbin Burns makes it to the trade market, he is significant. Now, at the same time, you can also extend him, right? I think if you extend him, you're buying out two arbitration years. 
So assume that's probably yeah, 12.7 million. Assume that's probably 30, 30 plus million of the deal is buying out those two years. So if you look at a five-year, $140 million extension, you're buying out three free agency years at close to about $40 million per, you know, closer to 40 than 30. And that puts him as returning to the free agent market in like at age 31 or 32, enough for him to conceivably get another large contract, probably the last one of his career, unless he has a late season uh, renaissance like Justin Verlander or Max Scherzer where he's able to go as he approaches and passes 40. So I think if he gets extended, you're looking at something like that. But again, it's going to be closer to 40 million than 30 million to buy out those free agency years. In just a minute, I want to get over some of the proposals that were suggested by both Locked On hosts and listeners of the show to get Corbin Burns on their team. But first... Today's episode is brought to you by our friends at BetOnline. BetOnline.net is your number one source for betting football. The start of the new NBA season, you can get the latest player developments, team matchups, news, and in-depth analysis on every game. Obviously, MLB is done. They have 2023 World Series odds out there already, but you can go out. College football is in the push for the playoff now, the last month and change of the season, conference championships, and the college football playoff. NBA just got started. Hockey is full go, full tilt right now. So you can go to Bet Online. They are your continued source for all your sports wagering information. Live betting, up to the minute scores for all those sports, and then more. The World Cup starts soon, so you can get some soccer betting, MMA, boxing, even some golf. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action because Bet Online is where the game starts. Okay. So trade proposals from within the Locked On Podcast Network. I put the call out on Twitter. A uh, couple of our of our hosts responded to us. And I got two deals that I want to bring to you. One of them is a fantastic deal but would never happen. And then one of them, I can't decide if I think it's a, a good enough deal or not. And I'm leaning towards not. So the fantastic deal that is never going to happen is because it ends up being the division comes from our friend JD of Locked On Cardinals. Uh, he said this is a fun thought experiment. Obviously, you're asking the Brewers to trade uh, their ace within the division to another contender is never going to happen. But if it did, here is the package he would be able to he, he would be willing to give up to get Corbin Burns with two years of team control. Infielder Nolan Gorman, who was at one point in time the number one prospect in the organization. Uh, Third baseman by trade, plays third and first. You saw they moved him to second this year because you have a Goldschmidt and an Arenado in your infield. Uh, And Gorman was okay. Uh, They defensive replacement for him a lot at the end of the game. Uh, Had a decent year offensively, but again, you had to to pull him and be able to move him back to his natural first or third would be welcome for a Nolan Gorman. To go along with that, Alec Burleson, number four prospect in the system, can play outfield, can play first base, uh, but 2020 second rounder out of East Carolina, guy that this year in 430 at-bats in the minors, 331, 372, 532 with 20 home runs. He's got a fringy arm, but he's got average defense in both left and right. Again, he can play first base. The footwork is good. The actions are good. Um, he's, he's really good at barreling the ball. 
As he's expanded the zone, the strikeouts have picked up a little bit, but I still think Alex Burleson has the potential to be very, very good. So, very promising piece there. Number five prospect in the system, right-hand pitcher Gordon Graceffo. So, um, 6'4", 210. Through 140 innings this year, uh, starting off at high A, 297 ERA, 139 strikeouts to 28 walks. So, low walks, high strikeouts. Has really good ability to throw strikes. Doesn't walk a ton of guys, as you can see from the numbers. I'd say the slider's a plus pitch. Can absolutely throw it both sides of the plate. Feel good about that. Curveball's got good two-plane break to it. Fastball can touch 98. Again, really good control both sides of the plate with that. Changeup is, I think, one of the one of his better secondaries. I've seen people call it a slider. I think it's the changeup. Uh, it's got fading life. It's got sinking action to it. Uh, it, fl- it. It sits above average. It flashes plus. I think that's where some of the discrepancy comes in is the consistency. Kind of trying to work on that. But he's really good at getting into pitchers' counts, getting strikes early in the at-bat, uh, getting himself into an advantageous position, and then making you chase something because... He is ahead of you in the count. He has balls to play with. You don't have strikes to play with. So I like what I've seen from Gordon Graceffo. I think he's somebody who could make an impact at the big league level sooner rather than later simply because he looks so polished. Now, granted, he did do most of that in AA this year in Springfield. 18 of his 26 starts were in Springfield. But I think that he's probably a double-A to taste of triple-A in bigs or double-A straight to the bigs next year. I think Gordon Graceffo is really close to being able to compete. Uh, To go along with him, a lefty in number six prospect in the system, left-hand pitcher Matthew Libertor, 2018 first-rounder by the Rays out of high school, 6'5", 200. Actually got into some games in St. Louis this year. Had a 5'9", 7'' ERA. Uh, so didn't look fantastic at the big league level, but absolutely has shown the stuff at the minor league level uh, to to be considered a top pitching prospect. I mean, best changeup in the system had one of the better has has one of the better, if not the best, curveball in the system, and just very good pitchability wise, very good with the arsenal. Uh, I think he's probably set to be a number three. The fastball up in the zone is definitely a weapon. Um, the secondaries, again, he's got that curveball that's really good. It's got like du- like two-plane break to it, three-quarter tilt to it, uh, change-up, slider. I just, I like what I see. The delivery looks repeatable. The the arm action is nice and clean. And I, I just, I don't think there's a lot of risk here like there would be with a lot of other guys. I know it didn't work out at the big league level in his first stint, but I think he's one of those guys that will continue to get better as he gets more experience against these high-level hitters and is going to be fantastic. So if the Brewers were willing to make a trade within the division, I feel like this is a slam dunk trade. Now, obviously, they're not going to do that. They're not going to make a trade within the division to trade away their ace to a division rival. It's not going to happen. And if you were going to do that, you are going to ask for the world of this pick because it is, again, it is within the division and it is to a rival. So you need to get as many high-level pieces as you can. There's another proposal here from our friend Bryce Patrick of Locked On Rangers. And he's got three top 10 prospects plus a piece to offer. So he said, I've got number three prospect in the system. Second baseman, Ezekiel Duran. I've got number six prospect in the system. Uh, shortstop, Jose Acuna. 
the younger brother of Ronald Acuna. And I've got number 10 prospect in the system, first baseman Dustin Harris, as well as unrated shortstop Thomas Segesi. So when you kind of look at these pieces, right, start with <clears throat> start with Duran, 302, 344, 555 in 2022. He was a 2017 IFA. Uh, fantastic power potential. The issue you have and the reason that they're looking to move him on here is he plays middle infield. Uh, now, when he went to the fall league in 2021, he played second, he played third, he played short. You've got options for him. But if you remember yesterday's show, you're talking about Josh Young starting off as your third baseman. You've got Seeger and Simeon who got together half a billion dollars. And then you have uh, Nate Lowe at first. And so there's just nowhere to put him. Uh, it's something where his offense, uh, his exit below max was like 114. In 2022, his average was somewhere around 90, 91 miles an hour. He's getting much better against breaking balls. And so he projects out to have above average hit tool with a plus power tool. Power potential is obviously there. He can manage the strike zone a lot better. And he even, he got a brief cameo in the big leagues and he looked the part as well. And so it's a piece where you got to find a place to play him or you've got to move him. And defensively, his range is kind of limited. His internal clock's a little iffy. He's got the arm strength, but the accuracy's a little off. And so that's why they moved him from second to third to, I'm sorry, from short to third to second. So absolutely a guy that would be valuable. And you can see the Brewers using someone like that were they to make the trade. Uh, going along with that is you've got Luis Angel Jose Acuna. Uh, 2018 IFA out of Venezuela, again, younger brother of Ronald Acuna, was named a Fall Star. It's an All-Star for the Fall League in the Arizona Fall League this year. But on the season, 277, 369, 426. Very, very good defender. Plus arm, uh, very smooth at short. Has the, has the speed where if you need to move him to the outfield, you can do that. Has the arm to play third if you need him to. A little bit of a smaller player. Uh, but very aggressive at the plate. Uh, I actually think he led his minor league affiliate in home runs in 2021. Uh, very good at understanding the strike zone. Very good at understanding how you can apply that. Again, uh, a guy that has the skills to move to the outfield, but can stay in the infield. And if he goes to the Brewers, you have an opportunity to bring him up as an infielder, keep him in the infield at shortstop uh, versus moving him. To go along with this, first baseman uh, Dustin Harris. So 2019 11th rounder by the Oakland A's and then was traded uh, in a as one of two players for Mike Miner in the middle of 2020. Um, plus contact, above average power. I uh, had about 330 minor league at-bats this year, 257, 346, 471, with 17 home runs and 19 stolen bases. He was playing a lot of a lot of third base. It's kind of, kind of one of those, we're going to move him to first base. He worked a little bit in left field and instructs, and there's a question about whether or not he can make it work, but feels like he's more of an infielder than an outfielder. Depending on how you feel about Rowdy Tellez and some of the other options at first base for the Brewers, this, can pro- this could feel... Um, quite appealing here. Offensively, that's really where he shines. He was the only player in the entire minor leagues in 2021 that had 20 or more doubles, 20 or more home runs, 20 or more stolen bases, struck out less than 100 times. 
Didn't quite hit those numbers this year because he missed some time. Only again, only got about 330 at bats. But absolutely have me 90th percentile on exit velo. So he hits the ball hard. Uh, he runs well. He does the things that you need to do to be an impact offensive player. And so I think I like this package. And that's not even counting non-ranked shortstop Thomas Segesi, who's another natural outfielder. So you could move Acuna to the outfield if you wanted to and have Thomas Segesi as a natural shortstop and have you know three-plus defenders in this package as well as some guys that hit for power. It feels like a very good package. I don't know if it's enough for the Brewers to take it, but I feel like this is at least, this is not an automatic hang up. This is a maybe counter offer. Maybe you ask for one more piece. I don't think you're going to get a Jack Leiter. I don't think you're going to get an Evan Carter. I don't think you're going to get a Kumar Rocker or a Brock Porter. But go out, find another guy, maybe a pitcher, maybe a right-hand pitcher, Cole Wynn, left-hand pitcher, Cole Reagans. Find one of the Coles you like, uh, you know, and, and, and ask for another piece. That's maybe a counter offer and make a deal situation. In just a minute, Philip sent us three different packages for different teams, which are all really interesting. We're going to get to these next on Locked on MLB Prospects. And we're back. The, the trade, the packages, this comes from listener Philip. He sent these via email. If you have ideas for the Tuesday trade block, I'm on Twitter at Crosby Baseball, shows on Twitter at Locked on Farm, or you can email us, Locked on MLB Prospects at gmail.com. He sent three offers from three different teams for. Corbin Burns. So I'm not sure exactly which team Philip even roots for, but he sent three. And we're going to take these from, I feel like, from least likely to most likely. So uh, one of these deals was from the Dodgers. And this deal was uh, former number one prospect, uh, second baseman and shortstop Gavin Lux. Uh, number two prospect in the system, right-hand pitcher Bobby Miller. And number three prospect in the system, corner infielder Manuel Vargas. So I'm not sure if the Dodgers, this this feels like a very Dodgers move. The only thing that I question is right now, unless you sign a free agent, which is entirely possible, Gavin Lux is going to move to, sh- uh, to shortstop once Trey Turner leaves. Uh, now, again, that is assuming Trey Turner does leave in free agency. Obviously, Dodgers have a ton of money. They can do a lot of things. But the common thought process would be you need Gavin Lux to play shortstop, but it's the Dodgers. They could go out and pay for just about any shortstop they wanted. I could see a situation where they brought in a shortstop, one of the free agent shortstops like a Correa, like a Swanson, who has the same agent as Freddie Freeman, by the way, something like that make this trade because Gavin Lux is superfluous. You don't need him anymore at shortstop because because you bring in one of the free agents or you could keep him and go sign an outfielder like an Aaron Judge or somebody like that. But uh, Manuel Vargas being third base, first base, feels like at first, obviously you're blocked by Freddie Freeman. At third base, Justin Turner's, I think, a candidate to not come back. Max Muncy already has an extension. He can play second. He can play third. You've got flexibility. You've got a a place to play Manuel Vargas. But if not, you obviously, he would be a trade candidate. Bobby Miller's a guy, you especially if you're getting to Corbin Burns, you can part with that. It's a very tempting package. Two top three prospects and a former number one overall prospect. I feel like the Brewers are probably going to ask for one more piece. I could see outfielder Andy Pages, number seven prospect in the system. We've talked about him a lot before. I could see him being asked for in this package as well. Ultimately, I don't think it happens. But it's a very interesting package. 
the second package, which I feel like they this team would probably think it was too much to make the deal, but it all depends on what happens in free agency, is the New York Mets. If Jacob deGrom does not come back, there's an obvious opening for a second stud pitcher to partner with Max Scherzer. And so the package suggested by Phillip is number two prospect in the system, third baseman Brett Beatty, made his debut this year. I think he hit a home run in his first game, maybe his second at bat, got an elbow injury, was out for the rest of the year. It was later in the year when that happened. Number three prospect, 2022 draftee catcher Kevin Parada, the catcher out of Georgia Tech. Uh, Number five prospect, third baseman Mark Vientos, big power bat, can play third, can play first. Uh, Number seven prospect in the system, shortstop Ronnie Mauricio. And number nine prospect in the system, right-hand pitcher Blade Tidwell, drafted out of Tennessee. So you've got a lot of top prospects. You've got five top 10 prospects, three top five prospects. This is the type of deal I feel like if Jacob deGrom resigns, this doesn't happen. If Jacob deGrom leaves the New York Mets, I very much could see the Mets making this trade and going ahead and extending Corbin Burns. I find it very hard to think that you would make this trade and not re-sign Corbin Burns. It feels like a lot to give up, although the Padres went out and got Juan Soto and they haven't extended him yet, and that package was arguably just as big as this package would be. So, massive package. I feel like it's very much, again, contingent on the Mets uh, not getting Jacob DeGrom back. Although with the two years of of arbitration, I could see a scenario where you offered DeGrom a high dollar, shorter contract term deal like you did with Max Scherzer, go out and get a Corbin Burns. The Scherzer deal is done after two seasons. The DeGrom deal would be finishing up soon after that. You can extend Corbin Burns with the Scherzer money. I can see a whole scenario where this works out. So this is really intriguing. The National League East does not want this to happen because you've got arguably, if they're all healthy, three number one stud pitchers on the same team in the same rotation. Uh, what a what a way to come in and do a series. Yeah, our series, we have to go up against DeGrom, Scherzer, and Corbin Burns back to back to back. What, what a three-game series that would be for a fan to watch, for an opposing team to go up against. The third deal, and the one that I find the most interesting, is the Toronto Blue Jays. So this deal here, the proposal here, is catcher Alejandro Kirk, who was your primary DH this year. Uh, Him and Danny Jansen split time with Gabriel Moreno, the number one catcher uh, in the minors, and then coming up when you had Jansen miss some time, so Moreno came up, things like that. You obviously have a surplus at catcher because you have these three guys. So moving Kirk, the one who they feel like is the least proficient defensively, I can see them making that choice. I think... Moreno or Kirk are kind of interchangeable here. Moreno's a little more of a, a milestone, and that may be a counter in the offer is we want Moreno instead of Kirk. But Alejandro Kirk, two left-hand pitchers. Left-hand pitcher Ricky Tiedemann, number two prospect in the system. Left-hand pitcher Brandon Barrera, number four prospect in the system. And then third baseman Tucker Toman, number eight prospect in the system. And uh, 77th overall pick. And so this one's really interesting because there's so many ways you can do it here. This is kind of an acknowledgement by the Brewers that, hey, we don't need a ton of help at the big league level. We're going to need pitching 
to replace Corbin Burns, Ricky Tiedemann would be ready before Brandon Barrera was. Reminder, Brandon Barrera was a prep player that was drafted this year. But this would give you something to, like something for more recent, something for down the road. This would give you a catcher who can DH uh, and I think can play a little. I think Kirk can play a little first base as well. And again, they may counter with Moreno over Kirk. And then Tucker Toman, who, again, profiles as an infielder right now, uh, doesn't run fantastically, doesn't have great defense. And so I feel like he might end up being better at first than third, but is very young. I mean, was born in November 2003, so still pretty young, and you have development time there. So you you maybe extend the competitive window a little bit out in the future by getting younger players back in this deal. Um, I think of the three, Dodgers, Mets, Blue Jays, I like the Mets deal the most if I'm the Brewers. I like the Blue Jays deal the most if I'm a neutral third party. I like the Dodgers deal the most if I'm the Dodgers. Uh, let me know which of these deals you like, whether the Cardinals, the Rain, uh, the Rangers, Blue Jays, Mets, or Dodgers. Let me know. I'm on Twitter at Crosby Baseball. Show's on Twitter at Locked on Farm. You can email us as well, LockedOnMLBProspects at gmail.com. And if you have ideas for the trade block, a guy that you think could be moved or someone you want your team to acquire, go out and let us know. We'll compile everybody's suggestions and we'll make it into a show. Uh, until tomorrow's show, this has been Locked on MLB Prospects.